commemorate baseball kicking off, we got the top beers from each stadium. How do you sell beer? You troll the trolls. And we're hopping into a courtroom again. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. They said it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. They said, wow, you, you guys are still doing that, 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 uh, what do you call it, that thing, like it's a radio, but really nobody actually listens to it, uh, that thing, uh, um, yeah, you guys are doing it, yeah, we're still doing it, it's our second anniversary, welcome Tyler back to the beer cave <laughs> for the first time in fucking months. Almost a year. <laughs> Not quite a year, um, we started doing remote I guess it was about this time we kind of looked at each other and said, oh, let's do some remote episodes. And then things kind of calmed down towards the end of, uh, 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 as we got into summer, like, oh, we'll do a couple in-house. And then I went and had a baby. Well, I didn't have them. Uh, uh, my wife did. I helped. I put, <laughs> nah, it, I put it in. Not there. at the end part. I was there, and I was mostly sober. But <laughs> we... Um, if you didn't know, we've been doing most of the episodes remotely, uh, um, not just out of an abundance of caution, given that there is a newborn in the house, but I don't know if you know this, but babies are fucking needy. <laughs> they are, they can literally do nothing for themselves, like literally nothing. And they can breathe. And they have no respect for podcast time. <laughs> So, it was really super handy to be able to go, uh, I got shit to do. Tell you what, I'll call you when I'm ready to go, and we'll just do this thing. <laughs> As of, instead of having you sit in my house going, how's, how's, how's the baby thing going? Pretty good? <laughs> hey, kid. Uh, you want a beer? <laughs> no, but I do. Actually, let's give the beer to the infant. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and all- that's how Jeremy gets child protection. It's all beer does not uh, uh, does not endorse giving uh, beer or any alcohol to infants, although it or does minors. Or it does, but it does help with toothaches with, during teething. Anyway, uh, let's skip over that. Uh, what are we drinking today to huh? commemorate our second <laughs> two years doing this shit? I was going to say I didn't even realize it was our two years. Shows how much I pay attention. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, this was, I got this bottle right around when you were having the kid. It's Fremont's, uh, 11th anniversary stout. Um, and pretty delicious, if I might say. Oh, yeah. It's got, I mean, there's like a chocolate cherry thing going with it. With a, like a, like a woody vanilla bourbon, uh, back. It, it seems smoke. a little hotter than it is at 12.2, though. I think it's a little bit. It's a. It's it's about room temperature, maybe a little bit below. Um, so that might uh, bring out like True. a little bit of the uh, um, the hotness. But no, that's so, quite good. The stout is aged in Heaven Hill bourbon barrels. Stout aged in Heaven Hill bourbon barrels with tart cherries. So nice pickup there. And stout aged in vanilla extract barrels that were former bourbon barrels. I said. I said bourbon. I said cherry. I said vanilla. Holla! <laughs> that BJCP judging paid off. Better than my than my actual degree. <laughs> but uh, well, anyway, all right. So to kick off our to kick off our second anniversary uh, uh, episode, uh, Tyler, what do you got for us? Well, since yesterday was opening day of baseball, figured what better way to start than uh, by this article I found on Vine Paired that they found the most popular beer at each of the 30 ballparks. So I'm going to quiz Jeremy live here. We all know Jeremy's a great sports fan. Literally, I know 
I'm aware that baseball exists, and I could, and if pressed, I could probably name five teams. Mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily based off of sales data. It's based off of data from 2019 because they actually had fans in the stands. Handy that. Yep. Uh, and how many check-ins were put on untapped? Oh, fuck that shit for a lark. But, not, not sales, but people who bothered to check it in on untapped. But it would be hard to get sales data from each and every team on all the beers. Or if they have a beer differentiating this IPA versus this IPA instead of just IPA. I still call horse shit, but let's do this. So, I'm going to throw you a couple softballs here. The St. Louis Cardinals. So we're talking about baseball. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. They play softball or baseball? Baseball. Okay, cool. What would be their most popular check-in on Untapped? The Cardinals are in St. Louis, right? Yep. Well, it'd have to be, it'd have to be AB InBev, so let's go with Budweiser. You knocked it out of the park. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, St. Louis, you don't fail to suck. <laughs> uh, let's see. Does people... The fact that people actually check in Budweiser on Untapped <laughs> worries me. Like, woo, yeah, I'm drinking Budweiser. Hey, Delete that app. What is wrong with you? <laughs> they're at a major league stadium, Bush Stadium. It makes sense. Uh, the Detroit Tigers. This one's going to be a little harder. Think popular craft beer. I'm going to say Detroit Steel Reserve. No. <laughs> okay, sorry. Worse than Steel Reserve. Uh, Mickey's. No. Um, shit, what's below that? Um, You're uh, going old, the wrong direction, my oldie. brother. Oldie. Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Well, you can't afford that in Detroit. I've been there. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Cleveland Indians. Same answer. Miller Lite. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to get into some of like the big craft-heavy... Seattle Mariners. So I knew you were going to say Seattle Mariners. Um, I'm going to go with Georgetown. No, that's where I would have went. Instead, it was Citrus Mistress IPA from Hop Valley Brewing Company. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, owned by Miller Coors. So owned by Miller Coors. Um, which that also showed up in the Colorado Rocky Stadium as their number one. That threw me off. Now, again, actually, it sort of makes sense because they, you know, when you've got a major uh, uh, brand behind you, you can uh, you, you can get it everywhere. The San Francisco Giants was also Citrus Mistress. Uh, and I want to say there was one other that I saw, and that, I, that seemed to be the most popular. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Who would you think? Yingling. That's what I thought because <laughs> they fucking sponsor... They make Philly logoed cans for Pennsylvania. No love for Yingling. Hazy juicy IPA from Victory Brewing. I would okay. Well, well, it well, didn't. Well, but again, we're also talking about the, the check-ins on Untapped, which is pretty much useless. But yeah, and then the last one I'm going to do the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, I mean, what made Milwaukee famous? Pabst. Negative, Ghost Rider. Son of a bitch. Happy Place from Third Space Brewing. 
What the fuck is even in the... What, what is that? No tell me, fucking Tell me what that is. You, you brought the article. Tell me what the fuck that is. Happy place? <laughs> happy, well, I don't want to... <laughs> happy place will be this room after you leave. But... Uh, <laughs> I am pulling up the specs on happy place from Third Space Brewing. Uh, 3.75 or 3.7 out of 5 stars on untapped. Um, I'm pulling up the beer advocate article. It's pale ale. Uh, 5.3% ABV. Uh, 88 score on untapped or on a uh, beer advocate. So it just seems like kind of a citrus forward pale ale. Okay, fair enough. Which I was totally expecting uh, Miller or Pabst as Again, how did, Milwaukee's. I feel like that. That's. I feel like that's a shot across the bow. If you can't, if if the if the big three can't hold, uh, if big three can't hold Milwaukee, then you haven't got a prayer. But they did hold St. Louis. Well, yeah, but St. Louis is awful. <laughs> and we're getting deeper into uh, Jeremy's hate of the Midwest. <laughs> Listen, if you've not been there, they've got mosquitoes the size of most birds. And there it's also extremely humid. And all they got is an arch, which you can climb up in and see what an awful city St. Louis is. <laughs> also, it stinks because it's on the on the uh, uh, Mississippi River. And also, there's like a weird like hustler uh, uh, strip club just across the river. Just looks like a place to get uh, uh, all the STDs. <laughs> Well, I guess what I'm saying before we let Jeremy bash any more Midwest cities, it's uh, the article kind of inspired hope, however skewed it is, that there are some good craft beer options in uh, Major League Baseball stadiums. So if you get out, go into a game this year, enjoy it, nice craft beer, and check it in on Untapped, I guess. Or not. Especially if you're... Because fuck that app. Because especially if you're in one of the, if, if you're in St. Louis, uh, prove me wrong, you know, and check in literally if you can get anything else. Maybe they don't allow it. Or check in Budweiser at the St. Louis Cardinal Stadium just to spite Jeremy. If you put "fuck you, Jeremy" on that untapped, um, we'll we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> I will print it and frame it, and Jeremy will hang it in his office. This is a thing that will happen. I will hang that. Uh, I will hang that uh, untapped. But review. it's got to be a selfie picture in the untapped posting that says "fuck you, Jeremy." The location <laughs> tag, and you can see the game going on in the background. That's a lot of requirements, but uh, I, I mean, I don't I, want I, someone just checking in and fucking altering the location. Even if they went to that much trouble, I'd be kind of like well played. But I mean, I ideally yes, go go forth, minions, and and make that happen. And conquer. <laughs> what do we got next, Jeremy? All right, obligatory lists news now. Um, the BA released their list of the largest producers of beer this week um, for uh, twenty twenty in both craft beer and in general. Um, of which we basically give a rat's ass about craft beer because. Let's face it, we all know who the biggest producers of uh, beer in general are. Um, people are looking a little bit more closely at, the, at, this, at this year's list than they have in some years past. Um, as uh, it's The first like macro data we've had on what happened in the craft beer industry during the pandemic. Um, and uh, in fact, uh, um, 
the uh, uh, the economists of the BA, you know, mentioned that that uh, um, what you're seeing here is um, a lot of the effects of people's um, adjustment on how they drank and how they consumed beer and how they purchased beer um, during the pandemic. So, although that being said. No real major changes in the top runner, uh, both in the craft list, of course, and then the general is pretty recognizable. Um, on the craft list, of course, for, I don't know, six years running, I think now, Yingling, number one. Um, Not shocking. Boston Beer Company, number two, Sierra Nevada, number and three. one quick note on the Boston Beer Company, that just takes into account Dogfish Head and Sam Adams. But it's interesting. It's just beer, doesn't count uh, the... Truly or the Twisted Tea, because those are considered FMBs. But the uh, but the the fact they did absorb Dogfish Head actually did have a, a, a an effect on the list because that was one of two major spots that suddenly became open. Mm-hmm. And actually, the the great story as you as, as you compare this list to um, uh, 2019 and uh, 2018 is a lot of the same spots, but everybody moved up slightly. Basically, to cover the spots that were uh, that were gone, um, and so of course, um, the the other one being New Belgium, having been bought by Kieran, dropped, which disqualified them out of the list. Out of the craft list, dropped from the number dropped out of the number four spot on the craft list list. It now holds number eleven overall. Oh wow! Um, so that meant basically everybody else that went. Uh, uh, Duval and Gambrinus, which is um, actually Shinerbach, uh, taking four and five. Nice. Um, and here's an interesting thing. Canarchy went to number six from number eight, uh, leaping right over Bells on their way up. Really? Yep. Um, I, a little surprised by that. A little, but, I mean, given their given their, um, uh, their reach, uh, their increasing nationwide reach, um, and again, the the shift towards uh, uh, to shift towards grocery versus draft. I could see Bell's taking a hit on that more than Canarchy. True, especially since Canarchy is a diversified portfolio that includes uh, Cigar City, um, Oscar Blues, uh, um, Utah Brewers Collective, Utah Brewers Collective. That's Swatters and Wasatch, Wasatch, um, and Funky Buddha. Is that? Funky Buddha is on there? No, it's someone out of Texas. Okay. Well, anyway, so they're so I mean they've got so they're a uh, a conglomeration of of uh, of uh, uh, of different breweries nationwide. Um, have has a lot of access to uh, uh, grocery retail space, so you can see how that would help them. Um, um, little surprised actually to see that Stone maintained its number nine spot from last year. Although, should be noted, overtaken by both Canarchy and Artisanal Brewing Ventures. Um, Artisanal Brewing Ventures. Owns Victory. Ah, okay. Um, so, it's probably telling a little bit that, I mean, everybody moved up on the list. Stone stayed right where they were. <laughs> so, in a year where people reverted back to legacy brands and really... If you had a big grocery presence, it paid dividends. Exactly. So I think what we're... I think... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, turn your fucking labels right side up, you dickheads. Actually, uh, I had a, uh, had a... I have some stone brewing in our discount bin, which is also part of the problem. No one's buying your shit. Um, 
but someone uh, uh, was uh, brought a few cans up and said, oh, you guys uh, uh, discounting this because the labels are upside down? <laughs> nope! That was a marketing stunt they did. Nope, they did that on purpose. We, uh, uh, we're, we're discounting it because it's a little bit old. <laughs> oh. um, Brooklyn Brewing um, actually is one of the few breweries that fell a couple of spots. Um, and again, I, I'm, half, I'm, I'm tempted to... Um, believe not only a product of where they are, where they are, and how uh, widely they are distributed nationally, which is to say they're pretty, their footprint's pretty light, and also uh, suffering a little bit from. Um, Loss said, of, I'm assuming they were pretty on-prem heavy going into this year. I think that's a fair, uh, a, a fair assessment. Um, here's a here's an interesting standout that I that I came across. Stevens Point Brewing out of Wisconsin. Okay. Jump from number twenty to number sixteen, uh, four point increase that high in the list. Not and not a brewery I'm at all familiar with until I kind of looked them up. Um, they appear to be a regional brand, and they are right in the middle of Wisconsin, like Madison, several hundred miles to the south, um, Milwaukee, and all of them all the way on the other side. I oh. mean, they are smack dab in the middle. Kind of, there's not a whole lot. They're isolated. They're the. It looks like the biggest town. You know, within a within you know, uh, a short shy of some of the bigger cities. Yeah, the biggest town anywhere around. Um, and actually, it's interesting. It sounds like, um, and I got this uh, um, from a, a, a Brewbound article uh, from September that they, they just finished an expansion that will bring them up to 165,000 barrels. Damn. Um, this was started last year. It just finished, um, according to uh, w, uh, WSAW in Wisconsin, uh, uh, a week ago. And expanding that much during a pandemic, you might go, ooh, that's a, that's a odd choice. But according to the head brewer, again, from this uh, uh, article or the uh, report from uh, uh, WSAW, um, quote, we've been able to meet demand prior to last year and the numbers have gotten so crazy. We feel like we need the ability to create another 600,000 to 700,000 cases a year just to keep up. Fuck. Um, don't know what to chalk that up to other than um, the wisdom in trying to sell beer to Wisconsin, which appears to be like trying to sell ice water in the Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> you know your market. True. I mean... The only ar- big issue I have with this article is they don't put barrelage right on there, and I wish they would, just so you could kind of really put that in. Because I know Ballast Point was in there with Kings and Convicts, mm-hmm. and I was really curious to see what their barrelage was total. Because ba- seeing how when Kings and Convicts bought Ballast Point, they had produced just a thousand barrels that year before, so to see. Kind of what they jumped to with everyone now knowing that brand and then also having the sales of Ballast Point. Um, no, absolutely. It would be. And also, you'd, it'd, be, it'd be useful to see just how just how much space there was in between some of these players. Because, I mean, you see a lot of, like, jockeying for position. And I'll bet you, you know, once you get down past, like, number 10, the difference between this brewery and this brewery gets mm-hmm. a lot slimmer than it is towards the top. And I'm sure the difference between 4 and 5 is a lot bigger, or a lot smaller than 3 and 4. Correct. So, um, so that would be interesting. So get on that, uh, Brewer Association. Um, Abita Brewing. Uh, jumped five points. Another jump that I would expect benefited um, 
basically from being a legacy beer and being a regional legacy beer. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll tell you, um, in my travels, you can't be anywhere in um, eastern Texas, um, Louisiana, or even Mississippi without finding a Beta. True. Um, it is everywhere. It is it is there um, to shoot. Yeah. You know, for us or, you know, fucking yingling for the rest of you people. Um, <laughs> No, um, so I, when, when the pandemic, you know, when the pandemic hit, people ran to the grocery store, bought all the toilet paper and sanitizer and saw a supermarket stack of purple haze and said, why the fuck not? It's been a while. They put all that in their cart and ran off to go hide. <laughs> um, Trogues out of, uh, uh, Hershey PA, same thing. Although they saw the biggest jump on the list, 27th to 20th. Oh, damn. Seven points. Um, Biggest uh, the biggest single move, but again, we're getting towards you're getting towards the bottom, and then you start seeing a lot of you start seeing a lot of of movement uh, uh, year to year. So it's hard to it's hard to pin down what is actually um, significant or what is. Mm-hmm. But and it'd be nice if they had the barrelage over the course of the year, so you could see like look back at last year and go, oh, the twenty seventh brewery did X amount of barrels. Twenty seventh this year did Y. What why was twenty seventh this year lower than last year, right? Or whatever. Well, I mean, I think that's where that's what everybody does. They grab these numbers and they try to figure out. I mean, but yeah, some more data um, would be helpful. Um, I suppose just mindless speculation, which is what we're doing here. Isn't this fun, <laughs> Gordon Biersht, Um Actually, this is interesting. Um, Legacy brand started in nineteen ninety eight. Um, has suddenly seen a rise over the last um couple of years uh, this is not uh i don't think this is a a uh, a uh a product of the pandemic i don't know what's changed but something is grabbing people's attention um in 2018 they were listed as 37th on the list um they're 27th this year oh damn and so again probably a little bit of oh legacy legacy beer and this is a southern california um uh brand specializing in lagers but um, uh, yeah, that was, it was like 37 and then 37 and then like, uh, 32 and then 27th. And I wish I knew what Sierra Nevada's was. Cause I'd be curious to see what their barrelage or what their barrelage last year to compare to oh, this year. I bet theirs is. Yeah. But their barrelage may have even went down because you're not doing draft. I would imagine it. I bet it's it's a, a probably a, it probably maintained or even jumped a little bit because you remember that um, we were talking you know massive increases in true uh, about this time last year in especially thirty rack sales and so anything you lose in draft I think if you were in Sierra Nevada you package and sell yes but the standard half barrel is like six cases yeah so. Is that switch were you selling consistently through the year? Six cases, extra cases over every half barrel you lost. I could imagine, yeah, actually. I think no. Yeah, so. there's no, but we have no data yet. I was gonna say we we have no idea what their barrelage was. So, um, yeah, you mentioned the uh, the the big newcomer to the list, kings and convicts. <laughs> Just appeared out of nowhere, uh, a number thirty for some reason. <laughs> but 
Because it turns out when you unexpectedly acquire a national brand, even even if it's a brand that's been mugged, beaten, and left for dead, <laughs> it's, it's your barrelage shoots through the roof. It's got enough to put you on the list, you know. <laughs> Not great, and we'll select like to see how that uh, that did. Um, a little local powerhouse. I thought uh, it was fun to give a nod to Ninkasi, thirty eighth to thirty third. Oh damn! Again, I think for the same reason. Here, you know, mm-hmm. and I think especially here a little a little extra insight. Ninkasi, I think, is a you know, is a regionally distributed brand that doesn't generate a lot of uh, of excitement. But I but I'm also led to believe that that was one of the things that benefited from uh, grocery store um, um, uh, the uptick in sales there, where people are going, oh, I haven't had Tricera hops for mm-hmm. ever, and which... I know how it's going to taste, right? Um. Here's another newcomer I can't find uh, in the in the past couple of years. Um, Brew Dog Ohio uh, came in at 41. We'll see if their focus on changing their culture uh, helps them in the next year. Uh, go fuck yourself, Brew Dog. <laughs> no, nope, not gonna let you forget it quite yet. <laughs> Topla Goliath out of uh, uh, Decorah, Iowa, on this li- on the list this year for the first time in, that I can see in the number 43rd spot. Also, welcome Fremont onto the list and Creature Comforts out of Atlanta, Georgia. Athens. Or is it Athens? I thought they were Atlanta. The Creatures is out of Athens. Well, all right. Well, Athens then. Um, uh, Montanuck Brewing out of uh, uh, New York. Um, so if there's any any lingering doubt of whether or not they're still small, eh, no, they're on the top 50. Um, some conventional wisdom, I think, might be a little bit misplaced, though. Uh, a couple legacy brands did slide off the list. North Coast dropped completely, um, as did um, Full Sail and Bear Republic. Oh, Bear Republic kind of surprises me. North yes. Coast, I'm not super surprised. They were in the process of transitioning uh, over out of their outdated packaging. Right. And so I could see them squeaking back in now that they've got cans starting to come out. But... Um, Bear Republic caught me off guard. Yes, but no. I mean, they've been they've been uh, um, skating on Racer Five for quite some time, and it made a brief appearance here in the market and then disappeared. I think that was more to do with their distributor. Love you guys. <laughs> you know who you are if you distribute Bear Republic. You guys suck at your jobs. Um, <laughs> talk speaking mostly to the guys up top. The, definitely the guys up top who don't listen to this. Enjoy your boat. Um, <laughs> but um, it's hard to pick out any direct effects. It's, I mean, like I said, especially towards the bottom, there's a lot of just uh, uh, position changes. But um, um, that I think the uh, I think the that is the the story that uh, most of the publications that uh, I, I read talking about this are going with is that's that's where that came from. It sort of makes sense to see um, uh, see see a lot of those brands uh, get an uptick. Yeah, which, I mean, we talked about it on this podcast. The Legacies were going to see fare better this last year than... Although, to be fair, if you're on this list, you probably are one of the Legacy brands. There's only a couple There's only a couple of, uh, of, of names on this list that are less than 10 years old. True. So, I mean, I think if you're in the top 50, you're, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed a spot on there. And there's definitely some... You consider, you know, legacy that don't have, you know, that have a smaller footprint, smaller, um, 
a smaller distribution um, area that won't make this, but definitely mm-hmm. um, would definitely qualify. But um, but uh, I think besides that, um, it's you, you kind of see um, who was able to um, to ch- either either was in a good position to take advantage of the changing markets, or who was able to quickly position themselves take advantage of the changing markets and i think also again this is where um where uh steven's point um uh managed to do some real good uh apparently they were uh delivering all over the state oh nice and so i mean it it may be less about the uh, about that idea and more which one of these major how how much are these major brands willing to change in response to external stimuli, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably an indication of the health of the company as a whole. I mean, you know, calcified, and this is how we do things when the shit's crumbling down around your feet. <laughs> Not a good thing. Uh, we're looking at you, Stone. We're looking at you. <laughs> Turn your cans the right side up and stop suing You people. have a problem with that. <laughs> like, you are more bent out of shape... About the labels being flipped for some gimmicky marketing stunt than I am about the delicious IPA. Am I, though? Am yes. I? Yes. Would you like a delicious IPA, Tyler? No. Because I happen to have one now. <laughs> well, I've, I've gotten over it a little. I saw now on their packaging, they now say gluten reduced. That was my biggest qualm with that, is they didn't advertise it. So I felt hoodwinked. Okay. They've made peace with you. So no, it's still a dog shit beer. But <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna bring it on here sometime just to <laughs> want to just have you taste it again to see if you were still that 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 against it. I don't know. Just, just that one time, Tyler. <laughs> what's next? Well, what's next is we've got some legal news. Woo! <laughs> so if you can remember. Back to 2019. I've forgotten anything that happened. By I mean, 2020 felt like 10 years long, so. I forgot anything that happened between, I don't know, I started like calling a, a, a bunch of, I started screaming, you done fucked up to a bunch of breweries. Um, which you by haven't the way, stopped? Which, by the way, nobody fucked up this uh, last couple of weeks. I asked you very nicely not to fuck up for like two weeks. You didn't. Thank you, everybody, for behaving yourself for two weeks. I do want to. Sh- now it's just going to erupt. I, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we talked about in 2019, uh, Patagonia, the clothing company, was suing Anheuser-Busch uh, because of Anheuser-Busch's Patagonia Cerveza beer uh, that they made look oddly similar to the clothing company. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, oddly simmer in a knockoff Rolex looks a lot like a Rolex. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this article is by courthousenews.com. They reached a settlement. Uh, And I wish I had more information. Uh, (laughs) I found five or six different articles and everything just talked about the history of the two companies and why Patagonia filed the lawsuit and that they reached a settlement and neither side's lawyers are willing to respond to requests or comment on the settlement. Ah, boys. There we go. 
So, <laughs> I'll tell you what the settlement is. Um, I actually have a, I actually have inside a, a news. Um, the uh, uh, the 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 head of uh, Patagonia um, gets to shotgun um, uh, uh, his weight in Anheuser Busch beer, uh, his if his choosing, um, every day on the anniversary of the lawsuit, uh, and then whiz into the open mouth of um, of the uh, CFO of um, AB InBev. Why the CFO? Because the CEO is going to do that shit. And the CFO, what about the COO? Um, he, he's he's got he's busy. <laughs> Nobody likes the CFO. They have they they bring up like the the shit about money budgets. Yeah, budgets, and you're spending too much money, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he's the obvious choice. So the CMO was like that guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds believable. Completely plausible. <laughs> I have my sources. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Just like when you found the recipe for uh, Anheuser-Busch's uh, Budweiser that Miller Coors allegedly stole. or Yes. So. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember. I can't tell you which episode that was, but I do remember that, uh, yeah, I had some people on the inside that uh, uh, leached me that recipe, and it's uh, exactly uh, what you thought it would be. <laughs> so... Uh, in a little better legal news, uh, Kentucky just passed a new law um, where they will be allowing breweries to self-distribute up to 2,500 barrels a year. Woo! Go Kentucky! Way to be, Woo! like, pass, like, pretty much completely uh, obvious legislation that most states already go by. What is wrong with you, Kentucky? Also... Why is Bourbon County a dry county? Why the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you? Never mind. Right? You let's just let's just celebrate the the small victory. Celebrate the small victory. Do you need a moment? You can you can go on a no, soapbox. I'm, I'm good. Jeremy, I'm good. just let it out. No, I'm I'm fine. Is this any attitude to model for your son? You should just <laughs> let out your emotions right now. <laughs> just saying. Bourbon County is a fucking dry county. You didn't know that. I did. <laughs> Actually, you probably did. But there are people who are listening to this that may not know that. And it's fucking irritating. <laughs> uh, which, yes, it is a small victory, albeit. Uh, but we've talked extensively over this podcast about you know small victories like this. Or states that just have antiquated and fucked up laws on alcohol. So, uh, seeing the small victories kind of brightens everyone's mood. Uh, but then when you step back in, this article actually mentions uh, 25 barrels a year. Awesome. Uh, but neighboring states like Ohio can self-distro up to a million barrels a year. I mean, well, first of all, it let's, you know, again, small. The good news is, is that if there's, if one good thing came out of the pandemic and it has to do exclusively with craft beer, it was that. A lot of these antiquated laws got pulled out, dusted off, and said, do we really have to do this? Mm-hmm. So, and this apparently appears to be one of them. Eh, we'll get there. Well, I don't think one Kentucky, day. <laughs> I don't think Kentucky has a brewery that's hitting um, a million barrels uh, at the moment anyway. I don't think Ohio does either. Um, I will tell you that uh, everything... Everything, fucking everything, fucking everything in Kentucky is barrel aged. I mean, do you blame them? No, I don't. You work, do you do with? Uh, They're like, you want the fried chicken barrel aged? Listen, I 
This is, uh, I was in Louisville. <laughs> so prepare everyone who lives in the Midwest. You're about to get shit on. Is it Kentucky? Kentucky's not really the Midwest. They're kind of like the, uh, they're Southeast? More, Southeast Appalachian. So, um, no. What I'm, Jeremy's trying to say there is inbred. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all, <laughs> Northern Idaho. <laughs> I think that's projecting. <laughs> anywho. Anywho, I was not saying inbred Northern Idaho. Um, <laughs> I was saying I was in Louisville, and I found myself in an Applebee's, because Louisville <laughs> is awful. Because I was at the <laughs> Yum Center, which is what they call their, like, gigantic fuck-off uh, um, uh, uh, multi, you know, uh, event center there. The Yum Center, because it's owned by Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> so you were at a venue owned by Kentucky Fried Chicken... And you went to an Applebee's. Listen, there's not a lot of places open at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> All right. And uh, got a beer because I needed a beer after do- doing what I was doing at the Yum Center. <laughs> and it was a barrel-aged Blondale. <laughs> because they barrel-aged a fucking Blondale. Um, and so I had about three of these, uh, three pints of this Blondale. Before I begin to realize, I am far drunker than I should be off of three beers. To which I then flagged down the uh, uh, the bartender and said, Hey, excuse me, what's the ABV on this beer? He said, Oh, up there's about 10%. <laughs> well, might as well pour me another one. I gave my keys to the guy I was traveling with who luckily was not drinking. I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> you're driving, might as well have another. Shit on the shingle. <laughs> <laughs> You know, fuck it. Hold the beer. Just give me the bourbon. Might as well, because it did taste like it did taste like uh, 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 watered down bourbon. I mean, as a barrel aged Blondale, there ain't really any flavor to go with the bourbon. It was quite good, though. I have to admit, it was quite good. But ten percent was not okay. That was uh, that was incorrect. You're like Warner Brothers. Did they give it to no, you in a pint glass? They gave, or... me, they gave it to me in a pint glass without a. Sl- Without a single warning. Oh, that was uh, at the last brewery I worked at. We did a barrel aged uh, stout. It was like four. I think that year it was twelve and a half, thirteen percent. And one of the places in town, uh, the server she didn't realize, and poor one of their mug club members came in and said, "Can I get that beer?" Poured them a twenty five ounce mug of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, he was good. <laughs> the bar manager then came in. He's like, yeah. And he's like, what's he drinking? Oh, this beer. That's a 10-ounce pour. Oh. <laughs> and he had the best night ever. <laughs> Worst morning ever, probably. But... <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. That's right. Good job, Kentucky. Nice job, Kentucky. Um, you're better than Pennsylvania. <laughs> Yeah, Pennsylvania really. I, I realize they are probably the worst alcohol laws. Pretty much, which and, that, and, and we're from Idaho, so. And on the West Coast, Idaho's not even close to the worst. No. So, be just be thankful we are not in 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 Pennsylvania or Kentucky. But good job, Kentucky. So since we're uh, we brought up uh, Ohio, figured we had to touch on this. I know we posted it on our. Uh, Facebook page, uh, Market Garden Brewing brought a whole new meaning to a beer and a shot special, uh, <laughs> where if you, for the first 2,021 people, 
to bring in that they received their COVID-19 vaccine certificate, you will receive a beer for 10 cents. Uh, which is an odd nod to Cleveland baseball lore. <laughs> I love the fact that the article that, because um, you actually sent this to me and I, I, and I, I skimmed it this morning. I love how the article immediately brought it up because it was not lost on them. No. Uh, which, if you don't know uh, and don't want to read the article. And why would you want to know? Because it's, a, it's, it's baseball lore in Cleveland. Uh, but but this, it's one of the greatest baseball stories. Listen, it's a good, good it's a good baseball story for baseball in Cleveland. There's Anywhere. Also, also, I mean, it's a city that came up with the Cleveland Steamer, so. <laughs> so Fun fact, also during a baseball game. <laughs> so, June 4th, 1974, Cleveland Indians are playing the Texas Rangers. Uh, and to try to get fans into the stadium, they decided to hold a 10-cent beer night. Holding a 10-cent beer night in Cleveland, Ohio. It's what like... could possibly... And this is the 1970s, right? Yeah, so 74. This when, so this is when, like, it was still kind of a boom town where people had money. That's also... It's like selling beer in Wisconsin during a pandemic. I was going to say... It flies! What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so, uh, started off all fine and dandy. And then it slowly started to progress. Uh, fans started rioting. Uh, pretty sure they stormed the field. Both teams had to evacuate. Uh, Cleveland uh, had to declare a forfeit, giving the Rangers to win. And they realized that was the worst marketing thing they could ever do. Caused a ton of damage. Uh, pretty sure some people got hurt. Can't remember if anyone died. But you can look this up. If you just Google 10 Cent Beer Night, it is... First thing that will pop up. Also, fun fact, that actually is where the first Cleveland Steamer was done. It was done on home plate on the uh, first baseman from the Texas Rangers. <laughs> By his request. So, uh, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. <laughs> uh, so, History yeah. wrong by Jeremy Jones. <laughs> so, if... I don't know if this is still going. Uh, this is articles from a couple weeks ago. Uh, but... If you're listening to this over in Cleveland, maybe we're seeing if they still have any 10 cent beer specials left. Uh, and it's a good reason to go get your shot. I mean, you know, also like not getting the COVID is a good reason to go get your shot. But also, hey, yeah, 10 cent beer, at which point in time you can go riot in the empty streets of Cleveland as you are wont to do at the best of times, as I understand <laughs> your city. What do we got now, Jeremy? Oh. <clears throat> the bitches on the can news now. If you've been on social media lately, and I don't recommend it, but if you have been and you travel into the beer circles, you probably saw um, a certain can appear. Um, the beer is called Your Manager is Bitch. Uh, it features... The Way to use a complete <laughs> sentence, you fuckwad. <laughs> it features the picture of a woman who doesn't appear to be bitch or a bitch at all. And a snippy email that uh, the brewery received, uh, um, that was printed on the back of the can that says, Your manager is bitch, and your beer tastes like old hot orange juice. <laughs> this the, this can, and again, um, all you have to do is just type this into Google, or again, if you've been on social media, you've probably seen this uh, pop up. This uh, can delighted the beer world so much 
that it actually made Forbes magazine in an article entitled Craft Brewers Find That Making a Statement Sells Beer. It's by uh, uh, Hudson Lindberger. Um, this beer was actually the third release in a series that the brewery uh, uh, started doing uh, due to the negative reviews and emails that they got trying to enforce the COVID restrictions in their home state of Virginia, and particularly the mask mandate. Ah, oh, fuck. You know, um, the other two were Troll the Trolls and Closed by Christmas. Um, uh, they also, Both of them also uh, uh, printed emails uh, to address the complete other bullshit that the service workers uh, in this brewery, and indeed at restaurants, breweries, and tap rooms all over this country... Have had to deal with since trying to adhere to the CDC recommendations or local government regulations. Yeah, um, since even trying to do that became a political issue and a branch of the culture war. Fuck. Um, but your manager is bitch. Really, really struck an odd chord with the public. Um, the can also says, uh, "quote This beer is a love letter to all the service industry workers who, despite a global pandemic, endeavor each day to provide a safe, welcoming environment for their guests." While we can't prevent the verbal abuse from that small fraction of customers who refuse to acknowledge your humanity, we will continue to call it out and stand by you. Nice. Um, this uh, not only resonated with service workers all over the country who have had to deal with these dick-nosed dipshits this fucking uh, uh, this whole fucking year, but also the majority of people who, regardless of their political views or anything else, Still adhere to some genuine empathy for uh, hardworking men and women who have had, who have enough to deal with at the best of times, and are just trying to collect a paycheck. And they have to be nice because they work for tips because their paycheck is shit. Yep. Um, the article goes on to talk about something rather unique to craft beer. Um, whereas most businesses are willing to bend over so far they can actually crawl up inside their own asshole to avoid addressing politics. Craft beer uh, is not only able to get away with, uh, you know, making products that, you know, uh, kind of like this, address the cause head on, but has also thrived uh, putting val- putting the, uh, the brewery's uh, values, you know, literally right on the label, as it were. Um, and especially lately, uh, Michigan's Rake Beer Project, uh, they hit it big with the uh, uh, Big Wrench lineup, uh, supporting uh, Governor Grenchen Whitmere's. Uh, stay-at-home orders in uh, the state of Michigan. Um, yeah, some negative press, as you're going to get. Gonna, yeah. But the owner, Josh Rake, said, the public outpouring um, of support for these beers is, what's got a, is what got us through the darkest times of this pandemic. Damn. Um, I hadn't even heard about that beer. Uh, Beal Brewing, you know, the, that's, that's the brewery that did uh, Your Manager is Bitch, um, uh, said by featuring a picture of our taproom GM, uh, Brittany Canterbury, and including uh, an image of including the image of the abusive email directed at her on this label, was how we felt we took the story back in hand. And of course, Black, Black is Beautiful hit mm-hmm. all over the country in a big bad way. If you'll remember, the owner of Austin Beer Company, or sorry, Austin Beer Works, uh, saying that he would never be so happy to lose customers. Yep. Um, there are tons of other examples of this article sites uh, going all the way, you know, Pink Boots, Pink Boot Society, um, to uh, a lot of uh, uh, beers that pledge money to fundraisers, even going so far back as the Lagunitas Undercover Shutdown Ale. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good old beer. Um, the article stops just short of explaining why um, 
craft beers especially able to do this other than they kind of mentioned that it you know it's the close ties uh with community um but i've got a more complete explanation and it kind of has something to do with what with what we've been doing which might be the theme of 2021 uh so far um you know the response that every brewery we've talked about after they find themselves in a defensive pr war um they come out with some very heavily corporate bullshit our values, blah blah blah. You know, we don't. We would never discriminate. We are. We people work together and you know build trees. Up Buzzwords. To the, yeah, up to the heavens where we hug the uh, uh, the gods or goddesses themselves because we don't discriminate against anybody. Um, yeah, all those, all all that highly corporatized. Actually, that would be a good one. That'd be a better than any. <laughs> That would be better. I would actually like. Okay, it's a little, it's it's bullshit, but it's least interesting bullshit. It's more transparent bullshit. Um, hey, you know what? Sometimes you, that would be preferable to the bullshit they do sling. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, they bought it, which just stinks like uh like a corporate office. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, whenever I whenever. Well, let's face it. Founders, um, uh, Boulevard, Brewdog, looking in your direction whenever you got in trouble and you, and you pushed your platform. PR, yeah, platform. Whenever you pushed your uh, 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 your PR person in front and have them you know, give your statement, all the people basically gave you a middle finger. They did not buy it. There was not, you know, you look at social media, there's not one person going, eh, give him a shot. Um. In the case of Beals and the other breweries doing that, it's just the opposite of that. These are businesses that come right out and they state their values. They state what they believe. And, you know, in the case of Beals, it is we stand by service industry workers, both our employees and those who just work in the industry. They are the heart and soul of this industry. And anyone who mistreats them is invited to go fuck themselves at the Rusty Pizza Rebar. <laughs> I'm not speaking for Beals on that one. <laughs> Uh, That's actually my statement, but... <laughs> also, I feel uh, the client, type of clientele that craft beer draws, doing something like this, being honest, and not taking themselves too seriously, really just resonates home with a lot of what the craft beer drinkers value. You're right. I mean, it's not, it's because it's real. It comes from somewhere. It's someone talking to you. It's not, it, it doesn't sound like it's been, it's been workshopped and then ran through a focus group and then, yeah. and then, you know, okayed by a board. It's, it's somebody, maybe some people saying, listen, um, here's what we believe and we're not afraid to say it. And, you know, it, and I think, yeah, people, especially now kind of crave that, like that sort of interaction. Um, sure, Beals probably lost quite a few com- customers trying to do the right thing for their patrons and employees, and that sucks. Sort of, kind of at the end, of the, at the end of the day. But you know, if you're willing to be that big of a dickhole right now, I don't know about you, but there are some customers I'm I'm kind of okay never seeing again. <laughs> yeah, and because usually those customers are not the ones that will spend a noticeable amount of money there. They're not the one who spend most amount of money. They're not the ones who uh, uh, take care of uh, take care of the service workers. They're the ones who show up on Groupon Day, 
and are the most needy. Short tip your staff. Don't want to pay full price and are just the pains in the ass. The ones that, that we put up with kind of, you know, because we have to. <laughs> because throwing a rock at your forehead is for some reason not considered apropos. It's frowned upon in this <laughs> establishment. I give it a couple of years, uh, and that might be the real. That might be the next thing. Like you just throwing a rock, a rock at some of these dick nosed motherfuckers, just being like uh, that. That could be the new thing. Like, yeah, I, res- I respect their, I respect their stance and their uh, throwing arm. <laughs> <laughs> Miss me? Um, no, I, they they saw people. They, they've been fielding phone calls uh, from all over the country. They don't distribute uh, uh, out of Virginia, but they've had inquiries. Um, uh, from around the country, uh, people trying to uh, 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 either have it distributed there or have them just send the case. Um, but uh, of course, they can't do that. So there's a lot of road trips planned uh, to to uh, Virginia to actually visit this brewery because of that. Nice. And it kind of goes to show that there's there that there is a place for breweries who are willing to say, "Listen, this is what we're about," and. Um, and uh, and we're not going to compromise on that, and we don't care really who we upset because this is who we are. People respond to that, and they reward them accordingly. So, I guess the, I guess the takeaway is if you you know so long as those uh, uh, as long as those uh, uh, beliefs are sincere and you're willing to hold yourself to that, it's actually good for your business. For sure, I was going to say yeah. As long as what you're claiming to be true with as the company what you kind of believe and value is actually true and you stand your ground on that you won't face as many repercussions listen brew dog's probably gonna have a hard time saying that they stand with lgbtq uh, community right about now <laughs> so i don't recommend <laughs> but <laughs> you should probably just sort out your shit <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, everybody else, yes. You can, and especially, you know, again, especially uh, uh, now where I think, um, and also I think people want to know that they're, uh, um, as they are starting to go, the, either for people who, um, who, uh, uh, are, who have been going out um, and, and want to know that the money they're able to spend are, is going to the places that are at least trying to do the right thing, or the people that are just starting to come out and are like, where were the people, where were the places trying to do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, that's important too. So again, it's this, that, that kind of message can help your bottom line and bring customers <laughs> and get rid of some customers, but the annoying ones. True. Tyler, anything else today? Well, got a fun little stat to end on. Uh, you were just I, see. I kept on like dragging that out because you kind of had your like like. I, I was shit, ready for come, the quick come, drop. Come on, come on, come on, uh, come on, come on. So, uh, CNET came out with an article that was like, "Can the Kool Aid Man jump through a wall and actually survive?" They did the full out breakdown. Well, they mythbustered this shit of like stats, like even figured out how. Much fluid the Kool Aid Man could hold, which is about six hundred and seven point six gallons, uh, which would equate to about nineteen point six barrels of beer slash hard seltzer cider, whatever you it's want. It's all beer. This is all. It's all beer. It's, it's or two hundred and seventy cases of beer. So all I gotta say is, next time you pop a top and jump through a wall, yell, "Oh yeah!" 
could he actually make it through the brick wall without the glass shattering? I don't know. I didn't actually read that far. I just got caught on the liquid. <laughs> caught on the liquid is basically that's the, that's the title of your autobiography right there. All right. <laughs> uh, I think they did say uh, yes. He could without the glass breaking. Uh, large glass container. Jump through. Anyway, um, anyway, this has been It's All Beer, while Tyler looks that up. Uh, if, if you know the answer to whether or not uh, uh, the Kool-Aid man could jump through the brick wall, uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, we're on Twitter, at It's All Beer 1. Uh, that's where we put up a lot of our articles. Um, uh, we're on Instagram, It's All Beer. We're increasingly putting up some weird-ass pictures as um, we get sent them. Um, if Tyler finds a picture of a, a beer Kool-Aid man flying through a brick wall... It'll go up on Instagram. It's it's become a weird repository of weird shit. Yes. So depending on his glass, yes, uh, normal glass, he's gonna lose about one third of his blood, which would be the liquid. Uh, so it wouldn't look good. But uh huh. If he has laminated glass, he'll be in better shape. All right. But who makes a picture out of laminated glass? Who? What picture jumps through a fucking wall? A sentient one. And the question is, what sentient picture is made out of laminate glass? Anyway, we're <laughs> we'll have a laminate picture. We'll have a picture of laminate, uh, a, a picture of a laminate picture <laughs> jumping through a brick wall on our Instagram feed. And we're also on Facebook. A few things make it up on there. And of course, if you have something you want to uh, talk to us directly about, um, uh, if you're from St. Louis and you want to send that, uh, uh, send that picture to us, uh, uh, it's all beer at email. Dot com and you get on the computer. <laughs> now we're both getting yelled at. <laughs> and we'll put that picture up. If you, if you get, if you, if you see uh, uh, pictures of what we're drinking, I'll put that up like right uh, uh, above Tyler's head, so it'll literally be on every like social media post we do here. Because that would make me very happy. Um, and also leave us a review if you're from uh, St. Louis. So, you know, defend your. Crappy, crappy city. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. you're, you're you're by a river of mud, so you know it smells of mosquitoes and shame. Anyway, <laughs> leave us a review. Uh, uh, five stars, unless you're from C- uh, St. Louis. Um, in which case, uh, you can't count past three. <laughs> and there's uh, uh, Tyler's Northern Idaho projecting again. Anyway, that'll be about all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm gonna go dream it. Have fun.